Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate yeah. to that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to a special episode of Kindling Helpline. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Today we're going to be focusing on all things sleep and while Generally, that is what we talk about. Um, we also talk about things like food and behaviour and all that sort of stuff, which might feed into your questions about sleep. But this is the week of sleep here on Kindling Kids Radio. So we're going to be celebrating that all week. We've got lots of new things to offer parents. If you're watching us through Facebook, you might want to slip over to our website, kindling.com.au, at the end of this helpline and check out what we've got. There's lots of great stuff new um, series of Bedtime Explorers, which are uh, meditations to help your child go to sleep. It will also help you go to sleep. And I am going to plug the podcast that I've been working <laughs> on. It does feature Chris Minogue, our mother craft nurse, who's on every Monday. But uh, in this episode, on the in the, I think it's the second, ep- third episode, sorry, of The Promise of Sleep, we actually follow Chris as she goes to someone's house and helps a family work out um, what to do. And I think it's a really nice insight into how sleep consultants like Chris work when they come to your home. Of course, while she is here with us, it is your opportunity to ask a question, be it uh, on Facebook Live. You can pop a question under there. You can also send us a text to 0437 665 And you can also call us 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. So give us a call now if you have a question. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Let's get stuck into it. We have a question from Fiona yep. who has an eight-month-old. I love the show. Good way to start, Fiona. (laughs) Uh, I have an eight-month-old who's a great sleeper, two sleeps a day at 8.30 a.m. and 1 p.m. for about one and a half hours each and then sleeps 11 hours at night. Excellent. I I know. This is all sounds (laughs) good. This is good. Good way to start. I'm quite strict on sleep time and make sure I'm home and he's in his cot to sleep each day. Lately, I've been asked to go out with a few friends. Yeah right in the middle of sleep time. And while I'm okay to say no on the first occasion, I feel as though I should make an effort to attend the catch-ups every so often. I was wondering what advice you can give me so my little one gets his sleep and I get my outing. And this is a really good question because I think when, you know, parents put a lot of time into the sleep, they can get two things. They get stuck in the pattern. They don't know how to wiggle it when they need to. And they get a lot of... um, come back from their friends about, you know, being at home for their baby's sleep. So it is a really difficult one, but you've put all the work into this child who's doing such a beautiful job that I think the first thing we need to reassure you is that a one-off of anything will not hurt a child's sleeping pattern. It's when the one-off becomes more regular that it changes the whole experience for the child. So for instance, if you were going on a holiday, a driving holiday, and you drove through one of those sleep patterns, it's not going to destroy the entire trip. But if you went on a holiday and every day you put him in the, in the car to drive, well, it would undo within a few days. So because this seems like it's a regular catch up with girlfriends and everyone wants to do it, the first thing I would say is a one-off will not hurt them. So if they're meeting at nine o'clock, he could have a little sleep in the car, maybe put him down a little bit earlier, and then you bring the afternoon sleep a little bit forward. So you just juggle that day a little bit. 
The other thing is if it was regular and you really enjoyed their company and the balance was really good, then maybe just suggesting to meet half an hour later might just make the difference. So they may not have as much structure and they might be more flexible, but you feel that you can't have that conversation. But I think it's worth it. If, if they're a group of friends and you say, do you mind meeting at 10.30 instead of 9.30? I think most parents or most mums and groups are accommodating to that. So I think it's worth having a chat if you really get on and you really want that balance and a one-off of anything is never going to hurt him, okay? So I think that that might round off, you know, how to, how to juggle this. But, yeah, see if they might move the time frame a little bit for you. But other, other, otherwise, the consistency is the thing, right? Yeah, the consistency is the thing. That's what got him there and that sort of, you know, you're really good at it and you've put all that work into it. You don't want it to undo because someone wants coffee at 9 o'clock. I always want coffee at nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, and not with your child in arms. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good luck with that, Fiona. Hope yeah. that advice helps. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over thirty years of experience, so she's here today. We're focusing on sleep, celebrating the week of sleep on Kindling Kids Radio. The idea behind this week is uh, we know how important it is to well, yeah. everyone, especially parents Absolutely. who are with children. Um, so we're trying to give you as many tools as we can to help that process and one of the best tools we can give you is Chris Minogue so here she is sleep sleep focusing on sleep Um, so you can pop your question below the video if you're watching us on Facebook live you can call us 1800 kids radio um, and you can also send us a text 0437 665 200 our next question comes from Harriet Hi, Chris. Thank you for your advice the other week about meal times with my 13-month-old baby oh. girl. Uh, we have had so much improvement. Your oh. advice is always so helpful and it works. So now, time to sort out the day <laughs> sleeping for her. She, okay. <laughs> her little one was on two solid sleeps a day, each of yeah. around one and a half hours, going down quickly. Timings were good. Then yeah. the afternoon sleep started getting later. I would put her to bed three and a half hours after waking from the first sleep in the day and she would take ages to go to sleep. She was happy in her bed but just not sleeping. Then by the time she did go to sleep, I'd have to wake her after 45 minutes. Because it was getting too long. Then last week, she started taking ages to go to sleep in the morning, (laughs) making this sleep later also. Then this week, she started not falling asleep at all in the afternoon. So three days ago, I decided to experiment with changing her to one sleep. This is a 13-month-old. I put her down at 11.30. She lasted the morning fine. But the problem is she has only slept for an hour each day. She's generally happy, but I know this isn't enough sleep for her. She's getting tired at 5 p.m., which is too late for another sleep. She's sleeping like a trooper overnight from 6.30 p.m. till 7 a.m. Do you have any tips on how I can lengthen the day sleep? Yes, it was just, you just missed a step. So you were right in judging that she's probably ready for one sleep. But when you go from all the sleep she was doing, even though it was chaotic, chaotic over a week you still have to reduce the morning sleep so that they lengthen one of those sleeps so they're having a long sleep before you put them into one sleep so if we go back a step here um and i'm there's two ways of dealing this but basically i'd go back to giving her a little half hour sleep in the morning um in a pram or a car so it's very light but enough to hold her over 
and put her down at one o'clock so that she sleeps to two hours. So if they don't sleep a two-hour window, it's really hard to get them into one sleep because they're sort of used to having a very short sleep and then another very short sleep. So what you need to do is grade the two sleeps together because if they do less than the two hours, they'll be overtired by the end of the day. So go back to in that sort of 9.30.10, giving her just half an hour sleep and then putting her back down at one and see if we can get two hours of sleep from her from one till three. Then after a week of doing that, then bring it together and put it down at 11.30 and she'll be used to going through those sleep cycles and hopefully sleep for about two hours for you in that period of one sleep. Okay, so that's one way of attacking it. The second way of attacking it is to continue what you're doing because your times are right. Continue what you're doing for a week, but resettle her when she wakes up. So the very minimum on one sleep that they can cope with is two hours. And the earliest you can put them to bed without it affecting the night is 6.30. So you've got all the timings right. So you either have to choose to go back one step and then go forward or continue what you're doing, but you have to resettle her to to get those two sleeps coming together. Um, a client I saw last week, the first time she did it, he only slept for 45 minutes, but actually the next couple of days, he just kept extending and extending. And, um, you know, I said to her, if it hasn't worked within a couple of days, we're going to go back to two. So at least have both ways now. You just have to choose which one you think best suits at this age. Can I just uh, channel Harriet for a moment, or at least a question I always had with resettling? Yep, at um, this age group. Uh, yeah, with yeah. When when you say extend it, so she's got the first sleep and then yep. she goes in and resettles, how long does she keep resettling? Uh, at like a 13. Patting them. Yeah, you know? whatever the version of is, I'd probably, at a 13 month, I'd probably do it over 40 minutes because it's probably okay. more an in out as opposed to a little baby where you're sitting there maybe patting, yeah. where you might only do that for 20 minutes and you have to pick them up and calm them down, shush them and put them back down again. But big 13-month-olders, they tend to stand up and go for a walk around the cot you yes. know, and let you know about it. And then you go in, lay them down, pat the bed, pat whatever you're going to pat. Um, so I think you have to give it a little bit more time. Okay. Good luck, Harriet. Uh, a question from Paige. My five-month-old five has 20 to 30-minute naps during the day. Is this normal? It is normal for them to reduce their sleep between three and four months. So you commonly see babies sleeping 45 minutes. When they get down to 20, they're really overtired because they're not even doing a full sleep cycle. So at 20 minutes, I'd probably try and resettle Um Maybe the first one and the third one, so that you're not spending all day resettling. Um, but the first and the third one, um, to see if you can extend it, because she's only having about an hour sleep in, say, about probably about 12 hours on average, and she'll be a tired little bunny after a while. So lots of people hang on and think that it's just going to get better with age, but often it can get a lot worse and then start affecting the night. So I would definitely try and resettle her on the first and the third and see if we can get it to extend, you know, even an hour, half an hour and an hour. She'd have double the amount of sleep that she would be having now. So I think it's worth definitely giving it a go. 
All right. A question from Amanda with an 18-month-old. Yeah. Uh, she's almost 18, a little girl. She's awake in the middle of the night for two hours almost every night. Yeah. This started about a month ago, and we were hoping it would be temporary. She wakes up around 1 a.m., stands up and cries in distress until I go in. These days, she needs it to be me and not her dad. <laughs> For a while, we tried our usual controlled crying technique of going in and lying her down and then leaving the room and going back in at intervals, but it wasn't working like it used to. She would get more worked up and continue to cry for at least an hour. So I've resorted to anything that works, generally hours of patting. Oh, Amanda, that sucks. Um, If I'm patting her or even next to the cot, she's happy enough, often chatting, practicing random words or just lying, still trying to sleep. She does seem to get frustrated that she can't sleep. She's eating fairly well, no longer breastfeeding, has a bottle of formula before bed. Her naps are fine, just one nap in the middle of the day, usually for around one and a half to two hours. It seems a bit like separation anxiety. What would you suggest? And then she says, P.S. She's been walking for a few months now and saying a lot of words, pretty obsessed with words at the moment. Also, she does still sleep through the night a couple of times a week, just to keep us hoping. Okay, so that's harder when they sleep through a couple of nights because then you think you've cracked it and then the next night they don't. Um, When they're talking, when they're actually, they all wake up and they all start crying because someone's going to come through that door. So they know what's going on. Um, But when you say that she chats to herself, rolls around, plays, just is happy if you're there, that is different. (laughs) So that's not a separation anxiety. That's I'm happy to see you. And that's nice that you've come to see me. But actually, you're (laughs) You're giving her the message that you'll come and you're sitting there. So separation anxiety is something very different. Um, I think that in this case, I think she's just learned to wake up and stay awake because she's getting a good sleep in the day. And the most common reason for them to be up and chatting at night is they're having too much sleep in the day. Or it could be too late in the day because we're not quite sure what time she takes it. So for an 18-month-old, from when they wake up, they need five and a half hours before they're ready to go down to sleep. So hopefully she's waking about two and you're putting her down about 7.30. So the timing's about right. The time of sleep she's having in the day is also good. So that's fine. And the only other thing that could be implementing this, because she's awake a lot um, overnight, she might be sleeping in. And therefore, you know, that she's in this cycle where she keeps going through. So make sure you get her up in a regular time frame in the day. So not ridiculously early, but somewhere between the six and the seven. And I think that's putting her down comfortably at 12.30, getting her up at two and putting her down at 7.30. So check all your timings. And then I think you're actually feeding it by staying in there and sort of enjoying the chat. She needs to learn to chat on her own. Um, So going in, reassuring, making sure she's okay, stepping away for a little bit, leaving her for a little bit to try and settle, um, going back in, giving her some comfort and going back out again. Now with big 18-month-olds, this could take you on the first night, this could take you an hour or so. Uh, And I think the other thing is she's got that thing between you and dad. And it might be very easy um, for your partner just to walk away because you can do it better. But actually, if you both do it together, she gets a much more consistent message. So sometimes if she only sees dad, then she gives up and puts her head down and goes to sleep. So I hope that that helps. But in what you're saying, there's not actually anything wrong. She's just learnt to wake up and stay awake. 
Right. Fun times ahead for Amanda. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. Today we're focusing on sleep, everything sleep related. We're celebrating a week of sleep here on Kindling Kids Radio and we're doing everything from um, playing Max Richter at night, which is basically an eight and a half hour composition of music. He actually had a yeah. concert in the Opera in the House opera in Sydney house. where people yeah. slept through the whole yeah. thing. But it's amazing and it's great for children as well as for adults. <laughs> Not so great if you don't want to fall asleep next to them, which is what has happened to me. Um, but we also have other content. We've got new episodes of Bedtime Explorers, which is all about um, meditations by Amy Taylor Cabaz, helping your child to get to sleep. We've got our new podcast, oh, The yeah. Promise of Sleep. We don't actually promise you sleep, but it's about how we can get more sleep, get feel better if we don't have any. Um, but if you'd like a question to ask a question now, it's your time. You can call us on one eight hundred Kids Radio. You can pop a question underneath this Facebook Live if that's how you're listening to us. Um, you can also through the week remember you can email us at conversation at kindling and we will answer your question next week. Now we have a question from Ali, who has a six-month-old. My six-month-old cannot go down to sleep without crying, often hysterically. This is either with naps or when put down for the evening sleep. The only time this isn't the case is if she falls asleep in the carrier or the pram. I've tried tweaking her windows of awake time. Is it possible she just hates the idea of sleep? No, it's a reactive behaviour. So when you put her in the place that's comforting and nurturing to her, i.e. the the carrier or the pram where she's snuggled in and movements putting her to sleep she feels really comfortable but when you ask her to do it independently and sort of on her own then she gets herself all worked up because she gets a mixed message so she gets some in the bed some in the car some in 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 the pram so um children do cry when they go to bed not a lot of children don't cry when they go to bed so those children have probably learnt very early on how to independently um, go to sleep. And all she's saying by crying is, I need some help. I need you to come to me. So we need to give her a minute to try and sort it out. But she's used to some movement to go to sleep during the day, it sounds like. So by putting your hands, when you go back to her, by putting your hands on her and gently rocking her body, it might give her the same feeling as if she was in the carrier or in the pram. In the carrier, if you pat a bottom, then try patting her bottom. And, and give it a good few minutes. It's not going to happen in a minute or two minutes. It's probably going to take you 40 minutes. But you might be patting for five minutes before she calms down or six minutes you might have to give her another little cuddle and another little pat and a rock and then put her back down so um, there's a difference with six month olds being left to cry and in this case just reteaching her that this is where you want to go to sleep and that you're with her and then in time as she learns those skills you'll be a, you'll be doing less and she'll be able to self-settle herself so this is probably more about the message she gets and and where she's sleeping more than than anything else. So take a few days, give her consistency, and I think you'll be surprised at how much she can do in that time frame. Brilliant. We have a phone call um, from Hayley, who has a four-year-old. Hayley, hello. How are you? Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Tell us what's happening with your four-year-old. Um, we're having lots of trouble getting her to sleep. Yep. So um, we've, we're just sort of weaning the um, day sleep out because she has actually just started sleeping through the night yeah. um, and so we put her, we generally do um, like story time and then bed like lights out by 
and then she will scream, <laughs> just chuck a full. Has tantrum. she always done this, Haley? Um, no, I have always sat with her uh-huh. to sleep, and I'm still doing that. Um, oh. But um, and I'm happy to do that. <laughs> um, Are you sure you're happy to do that? Yes, she's my only baby, so I. I well, then am happy turn the light that, on and just sit there until she goes to sleep. Have you tried if that? The, if the light is, it's, she has a night light. It's not like as if she's scared of the dark. Um, the dark, but she sort of like she becomes um, a little bit vicious, I guess. You know, <laughs> so no. she'll it like it's almost like as if she's getting bored going to sleep. So she'll all of a sudden muck up. Like, fly kick me in the head or oh, I'll leave, face leave or, the room so then him. I leave the room yeah. so um, we leave the room and then she screams yeah, and yeah. screams you know yeah, and yeah. we try the coming in and out and letting her scream yeah. and then she vomits oh, yeah, yeah it's all lovely and emotional isn't it first she yes. kicks you and then she vomits on you so she's she's just getting let's try and take a completely different tact here because mm. if it doesn't go her way her reaction is really extreme so you yes. get caught because you, you sort of understand the give and take a little bit. Like if you do that, I'll do this, you know, that consequence sort of approach. But I think what's happening is that probably every night, both of you are sitting on tender hooks waiting for the, the thing to happen. Like, is she going to go to sleep? Is she going to hit me? Is she going to scream for a long period of time? So we're going to take a completely different tact and, and sort of not outsmart her, but make it much calmer for everybody. So we sh- I think it would have stemmed from the fact that she had a day sleep for a very long time till she was four. I mean, it's, it's great for you, but it's it would have been impacting the way she goes to sleep. So now that that's gone, I think you're in a better place to reteach her how to go to sleep. And I think your timing is right, like 7.30 is really reasonable for a four-year-old. But like, let's take a completely different tact about it. So the thing about four-year-olds is if you change tact at that point at 7.30, they're just going to muck up because they don't know what it is that you're trying to get them to do. So we're going to sit down with her at four o'clock in the afternoon and have a little conversation. Okay, so you you ready for this? Are you with her at four o'clock, Kelly? Uh, no, Haley? probably not until um, about five thirty. Okay, about five thirty. So, when do you pick her up from daycare, or is that when you come home? Well, actually, um, a couple of days a week I pick her up from daycare, but she comes back to work with me. So, oh, you pick her up a bit earlier, but she comes back yeah. to the office with you, yeah. and then you head home from there. Yeah. Okay. So you need a time where you might have to do this on the weekend where she's not tired from daycare, you know, because mm-hmm. she has, she sort of has long days, even if she's not at daycare, she has long days. Yeah. So let's try this on the weekend and, and you need to sit down together as a family um, and, and say to her, you know, when you cry and shout and kick mummy or hit mummy or whatever it might be that she does that makes mummy feel very sad so you put in an emotional quantity onto what's happening and as a four-year-old she'd probably come back and say well I'm very sad too which is fair enough and you say that's fair enough (laughs) and so then you say so we can't keep doing this when you go to bed so we're going to have some new rules about going to bed because four-year-olds are all about rules 
They want to follow the rules. So if you look at her at daycare, she knows where to put things and what time things are going to happen. So we're going to have some new rules about going to bed. And so we're going to create some new rules that aren't confrontational. So we're going to say, so at seven o'clock, we're going to clean our teeth and then we're going to have our story on the bed and we're going to cuddle up and we're going to have two stories or whatever it is. Don't agree to three because you will never get out of the room. So agree to two, then you've got a little bit of leeway. And then what we're going to do is is say to her, but mummy can't sit on the chair anymore, but I'm going to put on some lovely music or what works really well for a four-year-old is an audio book. So pick her favourite thing and you say, I've got this new um, machine. I don't know what you're going to use, a, 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 a CD, or you might be able to download it. And we're going to listen to a story. And so you put on Cinderella or whatever it is that she likes and she listens to the story and that allows her to learn to re- relax. Now, I know that we have the... Oh, the new, the new meditations are great. Yeah, the, but it might be too big a break for her. So it's the meditation sounds or musics. It's a story. Oh, it is a it's story. A story. So okay. there, there are, at the moment, Hayley, we have the first 10 episodes which are called, which take your child on an, an adventure. But the, mm-hmm. the woman who leads, it's a meditation coach. So she kind of talks through ways to get your child to relax. So yeah. she talks about taking off the backpack and finding a nice, safe, warm space in this imaginary land where they are. They might go to the beach. They might go on a rocket oh, that's ship. Excellent. And then the next series that is starting today talks about animals. And the, the beautiful thing about it, and this is what um, yeah. uh, Chris is saying in terms of the stories, is that there's lots of these amazing soundscapes. So it's got the story, but it's also got the sounds of say they're in a jungle, the beautiful sounds of the birds. And then it's got a very slight, oh, well, soft music. I, I know. I was. I only heard a grab of it the other day. I almost <laughs> fell asleep. Um, but, Haley, you might find – I, I know that um, uh, my son's four and a half, and I don't think I would have necessarily tried these meditations with him before then. Um, but he does yeah. – they respond to them really well. And I think this yeah. is I think this is what she needs. She needs to un, she needs to learn how to lay down and lay still because they're the principles of going to sleep. But for a long time she's relied on you being physically there mm. or physically have your hand on her. And I yeah. think once she gets into this for a few minutes, she can then start doing that come back thing. You'll leave and come back. So you say, mummy's just going to the toilet, but I'll be back to listen. And so mm-hmm. you go and you literally go, don't literally go to the toilet if you don't have to, but mm-hmm. go for a few minutes, but return. And I think where parents go wrong is they leave and then they don't return. And then the child gets to, she, she doesn't build that faith that you're going to come back. So I'd literally leave her for like a minute and a half. And then I'd come back and I'd sit down for a little while. And that night, that might be all you leave her. And then the next night you say, look, I'm just, while you listen to that, I'm just going to pack the dishwasher and mummy will be back to give you a kiss. So then you've put the next part in, the kiss bit. So the kiss means I'm leaving. And then after a few nights, you just keep extending the time, but you keep going back to give her the kiss until there's a point at where she relaxes and she falls asleep. Now, the first night she falls asleep, without you being there. The next morning, I'd tell her how proud I was that she fell asleep on her own while she was listening to the story. And then I think you've then broken the back of the learned behavior, but taught her how to lay still to go to sleep, because that's probably what has been the problem if you look back over the last year. Yeah. Okay. So does that help? Yeah, it does. That sounds 
really good. Yeah, so it's non-confrontational, and it's yeah, and it really works. And I was surprised. I worked with a couple who had five-year-old and a four-year-old that honestly I thought I'd never get them to sleep and as I was leaving I said try an audiobook and they've never slept better since then and that was a couple of years ago so I think we have to have faith in them and their ability to do it yeah okay well thanks for calling Hayley thanks very much no problem all right, we only have time for one more question and you, you can catch Chris either next Monday when she comes back on Kindling Helpline. You can ask questions there if you're interested. The um, podcast, The Promise of Sleep, the first episode will be, um, you can download that now and every week a new episode comes online. So um, you can explore lots of different things about sleep there. But before we go, let's listen to the, this question from Amelia with an eight-month-old. My bright and bubbly, almost eight-month-old daughter wakes frequently 18. through... 18. Sorry. Yes, not 18 years old, 18 months old. Wakes frequently throughout the night. She goes down at 7 p.m., but usually wakes at 10.30, 12.30, 2.30, at which point I give in and bring her into our bed. This has only been the past month, for the past month. She's a very tactile baby and is desperate for physical reassurance. I've tried various forms of sleep training since she was six months old. I've had some small patches of success, but she gets so distressed that ultimately the sleep training ends up being counterproductive productive and we end up back at square one. I'm not afraid of hard work, but I honestly don't know what to try now, especially as I'm having another baby in late October. It makes me scared for what's to come. Is there a type of sleep training you'd recommend for a baby like her? Um, I think the first thing that I would ask Amelia, and I know you're not on the phone, is what happens when your partner goes in to, to settle her? Is it the same behavior? Uh, because you're getting into the pregnancy, somebody's going to have to take over helping to settle this this little one. The 10.30, 2.30, uh, sorry, 10.30, 12.30 and 2.30 is an interesting because the sleep cycles at night tend to be about anywhere between an hour and 10 minutes and two hours 20. So I think she's waking in the sleep cycles and you can get her back to sleep. But then as you tire and she's doing it more frequently, I think you then pick her up and put her into bed because it seems that you can get her down at 10.30 to 12.30 and 2.30. So because we don't know how you get her down, but you say that she's tactile, then obviously to get her to self-settle would be to leave her a little bit but then go in and put your hands on her um, to give her that tactile reassurance. The only other thing I can think of is does she have a snuggly to, to sort of relate that tactile experience to so something that maybe is bigger than something like a flat piece of material because she's sort of used to snuggling up against you. So maybe like a little bunny that has some roundness to it so when she, she moves she can find it and pull it back in. So I think you have to make that association with something else that she can be tactile with. And I think this is really about reassurance and putting her down. She is 18 months old. And, you know, at 18 months, it's not easy to do this without some periods of crying, um, unless you sit in there and just keep literally patting her every time. But then that becomes a problem. So it doesn't make that any easier. I think it's about finding the thing that will work in the cot and then extending the time and finding the thing that will work in the cot. 
And I think this is one of the things I'd need to have a chat to you to find out what you've done, what she has responded to, because it sounds like she's waking in the sleep cycles and then at some point it just becomes hard, so you put her into bed with you and that seems to work really well. So um, there's a few questions outside of this, but uh, it's, it's putting that tactile response in the cot and and then extending the periods of time to get it down and that's time and patience and in an 18 month old you'd have to be consistent for almost a week to 10 days I think to turn it around without having to do a full-on control crying approach so oh, I'm not sure if that helped you Amelia but you can of course Amelia um, however you have uh, brought this question to us you can call us next week yeah. at midday Eastern Standard Time in Australia um, but I think this one I'd need a little bit more information Information. Yeah. So maybe if you can give us a call, Amelia, hopefully, you know, you never know, it might resolve itself in a week. Yes, could do. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for your questions. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for on Helpline today. Chris, thank you for coming oh, it's in. It's a pleasure. Uh, on our next episode of Kindling Helpline, we will be looking into all kinds of different topics, not just sleep, although we know it is still important. You're more than welcome to um, call to um, call about sleep as well. And um, Kindling Conversation and all other episodes on Kindling Kids Radio will be looking at sleep this week. So we hope you enjoy the week and get lots of sleep yourself. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.